Bitcoin Roundtable. Random musings and interviews about Bitcoin. Okay, well, welcome back. Vince here with Darren, and we have a guest, Bryce. Bryce, welcome to Bitcoin Roundtable. Thanks for having me. Now, Bryce, you are with Mint Dice, and for our viewer, our listeners out there that don't understand or know what Mint Dice is, could you give us a little uh, rundown as to what it is you do? Sure, I can do that. So it's still a project in the making. It's been in development for almost two years now, so it's been quite some time. But at its core, it's a cryptocurrency casino, but it's slightly more than that. It also has an investment platform that allows people to uh, crowd, crowdfund a bankroll to take part in, in house profit. And it also has skill games. So there's one skill game that we're going to introduce initially, and then uh, further along, once we have more time, we're going to introduce two more skill games. So uh, it, it's multifaceted, but it has a, a bunch of components to it. Okay, so you've been at this for two years. What can you give us an idea of the hurdles that you've come across in uh, getting this thing rolling? <laughs> yeah, I mean it's it's going to be the most standard story that that any new business owner could ever say. But I grossly underestimated both the time and cost of producing a high quality project. There's already a lot of casinos out there that exist in the space. If you go to BitcoinTalk.org and you go to the gambling section, you'll see that it's just flooded with products out there. And I saw a lot of the products, and I always thought that they weren't very high quality, and I thought that I could do better. So it was mostly a question of attracting the right talent, because I think that good talent's going to produce a good product. So I eventually got the right team together, and initially we thought that it was going to take six months to produce everything, worst case scenario, but we started having more ideas and more ideas, take more time and money, but then... Any, any of the initial ideas that we also had just took way, way more time than we initially expected. We are getting very close, though. We had a penetration test that started about two weeks ago, and that should be wrapping up soon. And if the results from that come back favorably, the website could be online as early as one or two weeks from now. Oh, wow. So, moving right along. Are you in the software development side of things yourself, or are you, or you, you kind of dabble in it and then just kind of know enough to find the right people and go from there kind of thing or that's a that's a good question i do not do any coding or development myself i am more or less like a strategic manager and a project development manager so there's there's roughly 10 to 15 of us that have been working on the project and and i orchestrate everything and i mostly design everything so almost all the ideas and everything gets implemented onto the website by myself we have about four or five coders that are coding, most of them full-time, not all of them full-time. And then, obviously, we have to have many other employees, like animators, graphic designers, and the like. Oh, wow. So that's, that's kind of the breakdown of how all that works. Well, two years in development, it sounds like you got some <laughs> uh, some exciting things in the pipeline, that's for sure. Well, uh, I mean, it's, yeah, it, it's something. It's... It, 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 it looks it looks good. I mean, I'm obviously going to come from a biased point of view here, but when I, I take a look at the competition out there, there's there's one website owner that I think has done a pretty good job, but most of them I don't think have done that good of a job. And so I think that our, our product, once it gets released to the market, will be one of the best that's out there. But even that said, it, it's been a long time coming, and it only seems so good. But uh, the one thing that I really stand behind is ongoing development. 
So once we released the products, we only helped make it better every three to six months, you know, releasing constant updates and constant improvements and, and development. So right on. Hmm. So the reason for your being in Vegas right now is this a is this a research trip or <laughs> or is it going the books? Is that type of thing? <laughs> another that's another good question. I yeah. So I, I actually come from a gambling background myself. I was formerly a professional poker player. Okay. And in 2009, I moved to Las Vegas because it's kind of where a lot of professional poker players just migrated to naturally. Yes. And I met a lot of my best friends down here. Uh, one of the interesting things ended up happening was in 2011, the U.S. government put a ban on online poker, which forced anyone that was playing and wanted to continue playing to leave the country. So I actually left for about five or six years. Uh, I traveled a lot around the world, but I was predominantly based in both Mexico and Uruguay. Okay. And it was during that time that I discovered Bitcoin and, and, and all that and its, its use cases because Bitcoin, while it's an extremely powerful technology, I feel right now one of the few use cases that has a very, very strong use case for it is actually gambling. It, it doesn't really seem like it's too affected by bear markets or bull markets. It kind of has a, a stagnant flow to it. But it's also something that, that makes sense because when you have certain Bitcoin adaptations, I think a very common one that's quoted is overstock.com. While I'm really happy that Overstock offers that, it feels like somewhat of a forced implementation. And it doesn't, at the very least, you could say it doesn't offer that much of a benefit over someone playing with a credit card right now. Right. Uh, agree. Whereas gambling, there's tons of restrictions, and then uh, all over the world, based on many different things, and the the liquidity of assets and fraud and that and all that like uh, is is greatly reduced with Bitcoin. So it becomes like a more frictionless payment system. So in that respect, it's much better. Hmm. But yeah, so uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, so after I I was I spent my time in. Uh, out of the country, I eventually moved back to Las Vegas. So I've been back here for about a little over two years. Okay. And a lot of my friends still live here, so it's just like a convenient place as a poker background person to, to be in. That makes sense. Are you, are you finding it difficult to stay away from the poker tables, or are you, or have you realigned your focus to, to the mint dice thing? The, yeah, it depends on the person. I initially, when I first got into poker, I had an unhealthy addiction to it. We're talking back in 2008. Yes. Uh, I mean, the only thing I could think about was poker, and I wasn't very good. I certainly wasn't <laughs> losing money. I actually, I was never willing to deposit money back in 2008 when I first really started. So uh, through a variety of loopholes, you could. I eventually won 80 cents uh, on a poker site, and I ended up turning that into quite a bit of money down, down the road, downstream. Wow, and, excellent. Uh, <laughs> so it was it was like a rags to riches story from poker. Huh. Yeah, unlike the rest of us. Yeah, yeah, well, <laughs> I think that's about the time we started playing heavy, but we never, I don't have any stories like that to tell. <laughs> no, I, I have yeah, no, uh, I mean, it, it was, it was no happy stories. I, I mean, I, I don't want to get too specific, but it was certainly no. over half a million dollars, but probably, probably somewhere over that. They ended up making from poker. Wow, fantastic! Um, off eighty cents, yeah, that's from, great. From eighty cents or from zero cents, depending on how you want to call it. And sure. It really wasn't bad, but that was the early stage when I had an addiction and, and all that. Or I don't know if it was an addiction. It wasn't quite problematic because I certainly wasn't like losing rent money or anything like that over it. But mm -hmm. it was certainly uh, an overly gross <laughs> obsession. Yeah. But at some point just like almost anything, it became work. And so, yeah. you know, by 2010, 2011, 
it was the job that I enjoyed a lot, but it, you know, and I played a lot, but it became more like work. And then, you know, by 2013, 2014, it was kind of like, do I want to open tables today or do I not want to open tables today? And that's, that's mostly where I'm at right now. Like, if I play poker, I view it as an extremely challenging game. And I think it's a very beautiful game because if you play badly, you're punished because you're going to lose money. And so it forces everyone to do what they view as the correct decision. But uh, mostly, I just view it as work. And so I don't have any problem. But that said, I have plenty of friends that kind of have a more, I don't know, gambling (laughs) personality to them. And so those are the kinds of people that even even if the money doesn't matter or or the work doesn't matter and they have other other jobs, they still just enjoy the gamble and the rush. It doesn't apply to me. So I don't have any problems staying away from the poker table. Now, mint dice, will that support uh, poker as well? Or is it, I guess, what kind of games are you offering on mint dice? Or what are you yeah, playing sure. to offer? So, we, it, it will not offer poker. I unfortunately do not think that poker is going a good direction right now. I think that for, for many reasons, between bots that are starting to solve poker and just the overall state of the game. Every year that seems to pass, people and players are getting stronger, and the, the overall poker economy seems to be going downhill. Uh, hmm. That said, we are offering three standard casino games. So there's a game called Dice that's very familiar in cryptocurrency space, but it's a, it's a pick-your-own-odds game. And two, two other casino games that we're offering are also Slots and Plinko. Plinko is a game with a triangle on you. Drop a, drop a piece, and then it ends up at the bottom. We have a little twist on all of these games, but those are the those are the three casino games. We're initially starting with one fairly innovative skill game, and we're implementing two more skill games downstream. Each would take about six months to develop. Initially, going way back, I was trying to become a doctor, but poker ended up taking hold of that. That was my degree in college when I graduated was pre-med. Yep. But yeah, I mean, I, I ended up making my living from skill gaming, and uh, I, I really understand that, and I really would like to reproduce that to allow other people to do the same thing eventually, hmm. now that I'm on the other side. Uh, so it's it's very tough in, in today's economy to produce skill gaming, mostly because of bots. I, I'm very scared of producing something that can just get automated and then only, only have players lose, or if you put in the time and effort, create a bot and win. So I'm trying my best to create games that are relatively simple, but both have an element of high skill and high luck that are also bot resistance. Wow. And it's, it's a tall order. So mm-hmm. I, I file through lots and lots and lots of games, and I've, I've, I've come up with three games total. It's just a, a matter of development to, to create all of them. I, I really like the Plinko game. Uh, I remember that from The Price is Right. Is that correct? It's yeah, I, I know what you're talking about, and it's it's similar to that, yeah. Now I was on your site looking, and I see that you're obviously accepting Bitcoin, Bitcoin Cash, Ripple, uh, Ethereum, and a few others. Are you strictly only accepting crypto, or will you also take cash? So that's that's a fairly complicated question. The it's initially for sure only going to be crypto, right? Probably and right now here. we are licensed out of Curacao, which is the best that we can do in our current state. Many cryptocurrency casinos aren't even licensed. They just throw up a website and they call it good to go and they're fairly anonymous about it. We're trying to do produce a high quality product and 
do do the right thing. That said, to get fully licensed and do the whole shipping uh, becomes, to some extent, regulatorily almost impossible. There's just too many hurdles, and it would cost too much money for compliance. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So as the website grows, I plan to expand compliance with time. A natural move for us would actually start to be to introduce something like USDT, which I think would be, as, as long as something like that would float, and if the site was to continue to gain in popularity and we increased our compliance and potentially moved our, uh, our base from Curacao over to Malta, where they have a lot of both cryptocurrency favorable and gambling favorable legislation over there, yes. then at a point like that, then it would be possible to introduce something like US dollars or euros or other currencies. But that would not be in the near term for sure. But yeah, sure, it's, it's something we've thought about and we've discussed. Hmm. Yes. Uh, the Plinko game, because you were talking about it, is some, I, I've tried to make every single game at least somewhat interesting. And so the Plinko game... Because we are mint dice, I decided that when a piece drops from the top, it's actually going to be a dice. Oh, yes. And if a dice drops down and it lands on the number six at the bottom, whatever prize is listed down there, you actually get double. So it's like a gamble on a gamble, but that's the little twist for Polenko that we made. And it's a, it's a pretty cool animation, actually, that they, that they have. I'd like to show it to you guys after the podcast. Yeah, no, it sounds, sounds really neat. It sounds neat, yeah. yeah. <laughs> So you said that you're hoping to go live in two weeks, if all works out correct. There's actually been a whole number of house investment bankroll websites that have gone under very recently. I I hope I don't misspeak when I say this, but there's three websites to my knowledge that have gone under recently. There was safedice.com, kingdice.com, and betking.io. These sites all had crowdsourced investment, which is a similar model to what we're doing. And to, to some extent, it kind of leaves kind of like a vacuum of space that's open for a website like ours to jump, to jump in. But at the same time, I hope that the, the community out there isn't too put off by the fact that, that this kind of thing has happened. But from my perspective, because I know that we're running it on a ship and I'm just planning on producing a high quality product that, that expands over time. Anyone that comes to our website, I think, well, we'll see the, the amount of effort that we put into it. Uh, the only concern that I have at this point is the website getting hacked in any way, shape or form. And there's a thousand ways to target a website. I mean, obviously stealing the hot wallet is just the beginning. There's many, many different ways that you can attack it. Uh, because we're in charge of the website. I'm no longer concerned about theft. That's not something that I personally am concerned about because I, I, I know who's running the wallets. And that's, that's just not going to be an issue. So we have a security firm that's running an audit on our website right now. And that's been running. And the big question is what the results of that audit are. So far, I think they're positive, but they haven't really told us too much. Right. But if mm-hmm. the... If the results come back positive, then it's, to the most part, just flipping a few switches and then putting the website live. If they come back and they say there's a bunch of things to patch, well, then it's kind of back to the drawing board and it could be months away. Right, right, right. And following that, we're going to have to continue to have security firms on retainer because I, I just don't want any problems to happen. Uh, websites that are significantly bigger and better funded than ours have gotten hacked. There was the Bitfinex hack that was pretty notorious back in 2015, 2014, something mm-hmm. like that, where they got hacked for, uh, you guys might know this better than I do, but <laughs> uh, I want to say like around $100 million, something like that. Yeah, it was a lot, that was a pretty, yeah. 
funny story too because of the there there was like a seventy five thousand dollar fine that the U S government slapped on them and to, in order to be compliant they changed their wallets to something else and by switching their wallets to something else to avoid the U S regulatory fine they ended up getting half for the hundred million dollars that's the wrong number but same same type of thing mm-hmm. yep. and. Really, I feel like if I can spend some amount of money to prevent a huge amount of money from getting hacked, that's going to be some of the best money that I can spend. So we're really, really hoping that everything's solid and everything's solid, and it's going to get released fairly soon. So. What, what assurances do you have to provide a, a potential gambler or investor um, with regard to the the safety of their Bitcoin or the security. I mean, I know you've you've touched on the security firms and such, and I think you also mentioned that you can actually invest in the house, make the house investment. Mm-hmm. An unwanted scenario for me as an investor would be, oh, okay, I went to Mint Dice, um, threw in five grand in Bitcoin or something, and you know, I invested it in the house because you know the house usually wins. So just mm-hmm. you know, maybe over a year or so, I'll grow my money five, ten percent or more, hopefully. Um, and then I go back to log in, and uh, the site's gone. Right. So I mean, what what you're saying is an incredibly valid concern because, like I said, that's happened just three times on on these websites in the past few months. Right. There is almost nothing that you can do about site operators that are going to take your money away from you. That's just an inherent risk in in this whole situation. Personally speaking, I've invested in a lot of these websites myself, and I've done fairly well. I have gotten scammed twice, at least, probably more. Yeah. Uh, there was which safe dice. I had some money on, and that and that site. Someone said that the owner is in jail or prison or something like that. That was just the rumor that was circulating on Bitcoin Talk. So I don't think mm-hmm. even if that's true. I mean, either ran away or he's in prison, one of the two, and, and that money I just have written off. Uh, that said, I've, I've made more money than I've lost uh, on these on these sites by, by quite a big handful. Right. The, the average rate of return has steadily dropped over the course of time. So the person that first invented the, the house bankroll was this guy named Douglas on Bitcoin Talk. And he, when he first launched his site, his site was potentially earning around 60% per year. I mean, it was quite high. And yeah. those are numbers that you generally only hear from like scam sites, you know, yeah. like make, you know, but, like, but it was actually real. And yep. you could calculate it fairly easily because if you know the house edge and if you know the size of the bankroll and if you know the amount that is being bet per day, you right. can fairly easily calculate how much money you expect to make. Yes. So it was about 60% to begin with and then it dropped to 50% and then 40% as the years passed. Right, more competition to you, right? And 20-30% and now it seems to be dipping below 20%. But the cool thing is that it's still denominated in crypto. So if if the website, if you believe it to be honest, almost equal, then you know you can deposit one Bitcoin on there and then if things go well, maybe a year later you have 1.1 Bitcoin or 1.2 Bitcoin. Sure. You don't really know what the price is going to do in that meantime, but you still gain it in, in, in Bitcoin. Uh, all that said, there are uh, one, of the, one of the best things to look out for is solvency. So our website will do this, a lot of other websites do this, but it's proof of solvency, right? And if, if the website claims to own a house bankroll of 2,000 Bitcoin, for instance, but then they have no wallet showing any proof of that. Well, they could just be running a Ponzi scheme, be running off the money with the money. Right. And so we'll have a wallet that's signed to the casino. So you'll always know that there's a proof of solvency, there's proof of assets. 
Of course, nothing stops anyone from running away with the money, but that's really not our intention. That's <laughs> not what we're doing. I wouldn't have put so much time and energy into doing it. I mean, that, that's not the type of person that I am. That's not what we're trying to do. So right, uh, right. That, that's really all I can say. There's many other attack vectors that other site operators probably do that are a lot sneakier than, than simply just taking the money. Uh, we're using the provably fair mechanism, and that allows any gambler to be assured that any bet that they make was fair so that they know that the casino isn't just making up things and they're getting a worse shape than they should really be getting. Right. Uh, the site operators will always know what all future bets are. So a site operator could theoretically gamble against the house and siphon money off that way, and he would, the person that's gambling would look like any other player. And right. like a siphon off, there, I mean, there, basically, there, all I'm getting at is there's many, many different ways that you can cheat the system. Right. And so it boils down to the question of, would you rather just be holding Bitcoin on your Trezor, you know, cold storage or wherever, or do you trust the site enough to believe at the end of the day that if you put money on there and come back to it in a week, a month, a year, that it will appreciate in value? There, and there's no, there's, no certain, there's no certain value here. Uh, the best thing you can do is is maybe distribute it across different investment sites so that right. if one goes under, you don't lose everything. Yeah, reduce uh, your risk. You, would, yeah, yeah. you don't put all of your cryptocurrency on these investment bank rolls. You only put some, so that way if one goes under, you don't lose everything that you have. Right. Uh, that, those are the, probably the best tips that I could give overall. But really, it comes to like a risk-reward type thing. And personally speaking, right now, I still have some money on various websites. And it's just some percentage of the money that I own, and it's on a... It's on a few different websites, but like I said, safedice.com just went under, so the money that I had on there is probably gone. <laughs> Whoops. Well, it sounds like you're going down the right track, you know, making making some high-quality games, put, to putting the time in to do it right. Um, I wish you all the best going forward. Yeah, I think I think it should be great. I'm actually looking forward to going on and giving it a quick try. And, uh, <laughs> you know, I, I'm, I'm interested to see bet denominations and stuff like that. And will it be fairly straightforward, easy to understand for the average person who just wants to go on and gamble? That is my number one concern is the user experience, the user interaction, user interface, that kind of stuff. I am basically Hitler when it comes to that kind of thing. Now, I probably could do better. It's just tough because if I was to get things perfect, well, it could take another five years before I'd release it. So there's there's some trade-offs between releasing a product and getting it perfect. But I, I really am a very, very strong proponent about making games as easy as possible to understand and as playable as possible while still making them interactive and offering enough features to advance players when they want them. So I, I really, yeah, I'm really striving to do specifically that. There's accounts that are automatically generated for people on, on Arrival. Uh, it's definitely better for their security if they create an account, but they don't have to do that. They, they will have an automatically anonymous created account when, when they join, but they could create an account and then yeah i mean you just deposit money most of our games require clicking one button sometimes you might have to click one button more than once such as in our skill game uh, the next game that we're releasing you only have to press one button again uh, yeah maybe that, that game should be released yeah. in around july something like that if, if things go to plan so do you have do you have any estimates on on volume like what what type of number of users you were kind of expecting or is it just too early to tell 
The only information that I can tell you is information based on other websites, and there's obviously targets that we'd like to hit. There, there's sites that I, I view as particularly bad when it comes to user interface and graphics and user experience and all of that. And uh, the, some websites seem to be generating as, as few as 30 to 50 active users, and then it goes up to one or 200 active users. Right. And then the better ones are going to be getting in the high hundreds or low thousands. And that, that's a very, very good situation. We'd be happy to have that. Uh, the biggest concern of all, uh, from a, from an economic standpoint, hasn't been developing games or the future games you're going to develop and that kind of thing. Because I think I've mostly been able to solve that. It's more been on the marketing side. Right. And so uh, I actually cut a very nice deal with this friend of a friend of mine who's created some very successful marketing projects or products, and he's been working with us for a while, and I, I've seen development. The problem is is that he can only do so much marketing for a website that doesn't exist. Yeah. So that said, we have we have an SEO and backlink thing that's that's building up. I'm not a marketer, so I don't know exactly what I'm talking about, but he has a he has a huge portfolio of things he's gonna he's gonna unleash on the world once once the website goes live and i'll be looking forward to that and hopefully it the website can grow and that that works for everyone's benefit obviously if if you're an investor then having more people on the site is going to generate more return and it'll just get the word out to all the people that want to play on the website to begin with either as a casino player or as a skill game player yeah and you know let's hope the 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 quality experience that they they get you know, would uh, supersede where they f- can get it elsewhere, and then you may just start getting uh, a lot of word of mouth referrals from there too. So, I mean, I definitely see the objective in making a good, high quality site. I mean, compared to what's out there, if you can beat it, I mean, I just see them all gravitating <laughs> that way. But. Yeah, that's that's the goal. The the investment. There, there's been a, a few a few I guess questions that I've had along the way, and. One, one big question is whether or not to have a house investment bankroll or not, because we could pretty easily just fund it on our own and then just take all the house edge for ourselves. Right. The biggest reason why I don't like doing that is because of what you just said. So if we have, say, 1,000 different individuals that are invested in the website, well, that gives 1,000 individuals incentive to want to kind of put our website out there because right. it's going to then help the website grow. Yeah. On top of that, if there was a very large whale that wanted to play, we may not be able to offer enough capital to allow him to play at stakes that he wants to. And if you crowdfund, you're always going to have more than enough money to allow him to play at very, very high stakes. And right. so in that respect, the, the pie always gets bigger when we offer the investment bankroll. So I think it ultimately serves a, a greater good purpose for, for everyone involved. And that was the, the primary distinction behind going that direction. Uh, I had a similar experience as well because the the investment uh, thing that we're doing goes two ways. So what there's a I think I, I've never seen this before, so I could be wrong, but I think it's a market first. We're offering this service called master node sharing uh, in conjunction with our investment bankroll. So if you own any coins that are part of a master node, the the coins on almost any website that they're held, be that an exchange or what have you just kind of sit there and they don't generate any return. And this also exists on all the gambling websites right now. But what we're going to do is any any master coins, Dash is the best example because it's the most well-known. It's 1,000 coins per master node. 
we're going to take all of the loose coins that exist and we're going to put them on master notes. And then we are going to take all of those payments and obviously after a house commission distribute all those payments equally amongst holders. And we think this is a really interesting service because it allows many people that couldn't otherwise afford a Dash Masternode to be able to partake in Masternode earnings. Right. And, uh, I don't know the exact cost, but like earlier last year, Dash Masternodes cost about a million dollars, and right now maybe they cost about $100,000. Yeah. Either way, they're quite expensive, and they're out of reach, both economically and technologically, or technically, I guess, for, for most people to, to, to do, because Masternodes aren't, aren't as simple as just putting coins in a wallet. It's more technical than that. Yes, yes. So, yeah, and, and this kind of thing, too, is, is a problem that, that I was considering in the very beginning. It's like, well, if people deposit a bunch of Dash on our website, we could just take the Masternodes and keep all the money for ourselves. But then I had kind of like this greater good mentality. I'm like, well, actually, you know, if we share these profits with everyone else, it's going to kind of like give this effect that could kind of snowball our website into something bigger than that. Yeah. And and so and then and then I told my friends that we were going to start doing this. And then instantly, a lot of a lot of my friends just by word of mouth started talking to each other, and they started just pooling a bunch of master node coins at us. And and we've been running a lot of master nodes for years now because ever since ever since I thought of the service you know people have been piling in and if I hadn't been offering that service then these people never would have given us the coins to begin with right. so it might be a situation where say if if we had just kept all the money for ourselves the bankroll would have been you know just hypothetically so numbers work out 20% as big yeah. and with with Masternode trying a lot more coins enter the system and so when we paste them out we actually end up ahead at the end of the day so wow. That's a fantastic idea. Yeah. I mean, the word of mouth alone, right? I mean, yeah. I just... And yeah, that there's, there's always that aspect, too, the word of mouth. So, I, yeah, I really want our website to be very compelling from multiple directions that people kind of want to advertise it by themselves. Now, talking about the word of mouth, you know, do you have anybody famous who wants on board? You got a rapper <laughs> or is... Sign up Kanye or something. Well, you know, it's, it's, have you thought about anything like that? There, well, I don't know about rappers. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, if, if a rapper wants to, to talk, he can probably find me. Uh, the, the, I'm, I'm very, uh, he's actually one of my best friends out there. His, his name is Doug Polk. Have you heard of him and his YouTube channel? I haven't, but I'm honestly not on YouTube no. that much at all. Okay. No, he's he's a he's a he's a big YouTube name. He's probably, I think he was the third or second biggest single YouTube channel for crypto on the entire internet. Oh, okay. So he's big, and his his website's not a show website, but we're we're friends, and so he'll he'll be putting some stuff out there. Great. Uh, that, yeah. that said, the the marketer that I'm working with, who's I mean he's he's a friend of mine at this point, but he's 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 friends with a lot of my friends, friends by association. He, he has this big lineup of, of, of things to get ready, and part, part of that is PR. Yeah. And so there's there's things down the pipe. I haven't gone over entirely exactly what that is because I was more concerned about doing that stuff once the website actually launches first. Sure. But, yep. uh, yeah, I mean, there there will be things, and obviously there's all the standard stuff too, like affiliate links, but I mean, what, what site doesn't have an affiliate link? Yeah. So. Sounds like you're doing all the right things. Yeah, that's great. It's great, Bryce. I feel like we could uh, sit here and chat all day to you about this. It's, uh, you know, coming from, you know, I'm a lover of gambling and don't get to do enough of it. So I'm quite looking forward to the site coming up. So if you could just tell our listeners how they can get, you know, come out and see Mint Dice and, you know, check out your site. Sure. The, the website, well, again, well, it's not launched now. If things go smoothly, 
It should be up fairly soon. The website's www.mintdice.com. Okay. Okay. Uh, you can also follow us on Twitter, Instagram. We have a YouTube account that'll be pushing out some content. So there's lots of social media that you can find out there as well. Great. Well, we wish you all the success. Thanks a lot. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. Bye-bye. Bye Thank you. Bitcoin Roundtable. Random musings and interviews about Bitcoin.